Welcome to the oh, hey there. podcast. We are back. Episode 26, a playoff edition. The 49ers did punch their ticket on Sunday with a 27-24 comeback win against the Los Angeles Rams. Down 17-0. I think we all threw our phones, threw our beer, chugged a couple beers, got really angry at the 49ers, but they end up pulling it out um, and got the job done. Leo, made the playoffs, buddy. After all the talk during the season. I wasn't all the way on board, but they made the playoffs. Leo, what's up? You know what? I was I was talking my mess probably about like four weeks on this pod saying, oh, this team's getting in the playoffs. This team's getting in. I, I think I say to that over and over that this will be a playoff team. So when they went down 17-0 to the Rams and it looked like it was about to be over, I was like, damn, like, that's it? Like, this is really what's going to happen? Because the Saints obviously weren't losing. The Falcons weren't giving the 49ers any reason to hope that they could get an upset there in Atlanta. And I was just like, damn, I can't believe it's going to happen this way. Just just like that. Just go get blown out week 18. And and um, it, in my mind, the 49ers have done it, I, I would say, at a constant rate. Obviously, they don't do it every time, but at a constant rate, get some points before half. And then get the ball to start the second uh, second half, which would be the third quarter, and that was that was the changing point in my mind is getting that field goal, making it a seventeen to three game, and then you set yourself up with the touchdown drive, and now now it's just a one score game. It's it's a seven point game, which it's any point swing, ton of time left when we're talking about a whole entire second half being the set seven point game. Um, so I liked their chances when it went 17 to three, at, at least I should say, I like their chances to get back into it to win. It is a completely different story, but chances to make it a game. Uh, and that field goal was huge in my mind. We could talk about MVP all day of the game and you could throw up maybe five different players. To me, it's Kyle Juszczyk. If that guy does not hold down those field goals yeah. and, and muffles just one of those yeah. 49ers may not win this game. Yeah, absolutely. So there's a lot of guys who stepped up. Um, Colton McKibbitz, Tom Compton, Dre Greenlaw, Emmanuel Mosley, Kyle Huszczyk, you said it. Um, and the guy who stood up the most, right, I, I just think I, I slept on it a little bit the last couple of days. And, you know, winning you're in, right? Season's on the line. You got a jacked up hand. Uh, the Niners are already traded for your replacement. Um, you walk up to the line down seven with a minute 27 left. And your your line looks the way it did, and then you come through and tie the game to you know to to get into overtime to get to twenty four twenty four. Jimmy Garoppolo deserves a lot of credit for this game, right? He deserves a lot of credit for bringing them back. You know, I know people are like, oh well, he's part of the problem. Yeah, of course he was, but he was still able to come back and make these make these throws that they needed, lead them down the field when they needed it. Kyle Shanahan was absolutely in his bag as well with the play calls. You said it, right? Before half to get three, that's a major turning point in this game. Six plays for 61 yards and three points, right? They did that in 38 seconds. They got in within field goal range, got it in there. They come out of the second half, seven plays, 75 yards, boom, touchdowns, 10-17. And then you force a three and out. And that three and out was huge, right? You have, um, you know, it that you they, they had the, the ball for a minute and 44 seconds. So every second counted in this game, right? On third down, um, you had the third and six because of the pressure. He ends up throwing a, you know, literally literally a duck 
to Van Jefferson. Dre Greenlaw was in coverage. And then, boom, the Niners get the ball back. 11 plays, 11 straight runs. 11 straight runs. And then, finally, the Debo pass. And when I say 11 straight, is the Debo rushing touchdown in the previous drive, plus the 10 on that drive, and then you have the Debo pass. Um, an absolute clinic on that drive. 11 plays, 74 yards for 7 minutes. You started to limit the possessions for the Rams, and then you tied it up. So 17-7, brand new ball game with just one quarter left to play. Absolutely. And what also doesn't get talked about enough, in my opinion, is that they had another three and out after the 49ers tied it, 7-7. The defense went out there and got a three and out. What interception? Um, Because they had the interception. Oh, correct. It was the Emmanuel Mosley interception on third and 16. So basically, it's kind of like a punt. Yeah, we've it was seen a that from Matthew Stafford basically. before. Just kind of throw these balls up on on third and longs, and if his guy can get a pi or even come down with it, then good for them. But uh, essentially, it's kind of kind of a just just a punt at, at that way. Um, and, and then you went out, and the 49ers offense didn't do anything with that turnover. They went ahead and got the three and out themselves, um, and then the defense. W- held the Rams again so after tying the game at 17-17 the defense held the Rams offense on two separate occasions on two separate the Rams didn't have that go-ahead drive until the interception but before that held them two straight drives after after tying this game and football is one of those sports we've seen it multiple times when you have a crazy comeback like this, as soon as you tie it, boom, the other team scores, and now it's not tied anymore. Yeah, That wasn't the case. The 49ers defense didn't allow that to happen. What ended up happening is Jalen Ramsey got the, the interception, and that created life for the Rams. And they were able to get that, that end around with Cooper Cup, and then that created life within their offense because I think it was about an 18-yard carry. Um, so the thing that they did is they didn't essentially let the Rams live off of that. They said, yes, you have life, but we, we about to end it for you. You're, <laughs> you're not going to live past this. You're not going to live to see the two seed four seed. Yeah, that's fine, but you're not going to live to see the two seed. And that's where they talked about resilient, resilient, resilient. That shows me, you know, resilience. It's basically, uh, since I'm saying resilience reminded me of the San Francisco Giants, the 49ers should just be paying the Giants to have hashtag resilient SF at this point. Um, because I'm now I'm going to make it a baseball. It's like you're, you're down six zero in baseball. You come back to tie it six, six, and then the other team goes ahead and scores in the top of the ninth and it's seven to six. And you only got, you know, three outs to work with that. That's essentially what the 49ers did. They had three outs to work with. In this case, it was five plays, and they got in the end zone on those five plays. Yeah, they did what they had to do. Um, before the, the Rams touchdown to get to 24, Jimmy Garoppolo and the Niners offense went eight plays, 55 yards. They, they were having a hell of a drive, and then Jimmy throws in a double coverage after a false start um, that put him at second and 14. And that triple coverage interception, I was like, oh, man, this is it. That's over. It's over. That's it. Um but no, the Niners didn't give up. The Niners, they allowed the touchdown on the following drive. Cooper Cup had himself a nice drive, and then the Niners get the ball back. A punt. They had to punt it. I think it was smart that they did punt it. It was only 39 seconds off the clock. And then the 49ers defense just absolutely went 
next level. Three plays, five yards for 23 seconds, and you, the Niners get got themselves a minute and 27 to go um, to get down there and score. Now, Jimmy Garoppolo made, made some really big plays here. Uh, he had the first pass um, short to Ayuk um, for 21. And then he had the other, he had another one to five for five for, to Juwan Jennings. And then he had the big one to Debo Samuel for 43 yards. Um, they get within the 20, they get in within the 20. Um, Jimmy spikes the ball. Then, of course, Jimmy has a dig incompletion to Debo. And then Kyle dials up a great play with the clear out of Ayuk. Jennings comes underneath with this kind of a dig. Boom. Touchdown, 24-24. Ball game is tied. Sean McVay is in shambles after running into the end zone, which, by the way, shouldn't that have been a penalty? Absolutely should have been a penalty. I have I have never seen a head coach celebrate in the end zone in the second quarter of a game. How pressed is, is McVay? I've never seen that. How pressed is McVay? Oh, he's big mad. He's big mad because— He's in the cause in his head. Look at look at his record with the Rams and look at uh Shanahan's record with the 49ers. Everyone's giving the flowers to McVay and what he's doing over there. Everyone's giving him the flowers. And yet Kyle Shanahan's little broing him. Yeah. It's a nine to three head ahead record for these two guys. Nine to three. <laughs> he did it with Nick Mullins. He almost beat him with Brian Hoyer. Remember the the Sunday night football game? That was frustrating. Mm-hmm. Um, the games that they lost is when the Niners were just, you know, at their low point. Oh, yeah. with CJ Beathard. When I, when I was there in 2018, uh, that was the year the Rams went to the Super Bowl, the year Jimmy Garoppolo obviously hurt his ACL, got my tickets, and, you know, booked my hotel, my flight, and all that before the season started. Yeah. And uh, because who was it? That was when I was having drinks with Joe Staley. Yeah. In in the off season because I'm in San Diego, he lives in San Diego, and it's not like I hit up the guy and we met purposely. No, we just ran into each other, had drinks for, you know, a few hours, um, on his tab, courtesy of Joe Staley. <laughs> I think it was only fair. And we asked him like, What game what game should we go to? And he told us like Rams or Raiders and that you know, he basically really wanted to beat the Rams because they hear all the noise, all the love that Hollywood's getting, essentially. So we're like, all right, book it. Sunday night football versus the Rams. And I think that got flexed out, ended up being a day game. And C.J. Beathard just got torched by yeah. the Rams that day. And it was really ugly. At least at least we saw a Kittle touchdown. Yeah, thank God for that. Um, but yeah, Kyle, Kyle's, in, Kyle's in McVay's head. Kyle's in a lot of these guys' head. McVay, LaFleur. I think I think those guys get nervous when they play Kyle. Now, with what the Rams have done on the season and how they've built their roster, you'd think they'd be have they'd have a better record against the Niners. And not kind of Kyle's been kind of putting this makeshift roster together the last couple of years. And even in the wins that they had against them without Jimmy Garoppolo, um, it's been pretty interesting. Now Jimmy Garoppolo is six and zero against the the Rams. 49ers will have won six straight against the Rams, and. And now, now they feel like the most feared road playoff team in the league, right? Um, but just to end the game here before we you know close it out here, I, I want to give a lot of credit to to Kyle, to Jimmy, Elijah Mitchell, some tough runs, absolutely just digging in, getting as much as he could. Uh, defensively, Drake Greenlaw looked like he was 
playing a little bit too much with his hair on fire. I think he heard, heard all the noise that Aziz was playing better than him, and he, he came out there. He played well. He had a couple dumb mistakes. Um, but overall, the 49ers as a, as a unit played fairly, fairly well. D'Amico Ryans, I know plenty of fans wanted him fired at halftime because of the performance of the defense, but Dante Johnson cannot cover Cooper Cup, so there is a mismatch there. Short Kwan Williams, short Trent Williams. Um, all the adversity this year, the Niners still end up pulling it out. This game was like microcosm of the season. They started off slow. They got hot in the middle. And you have a little bit of shakiness in the back end of it. And then you finally pull it out to get to 10 wins. I had this team winning 10 or 11 games and getting a wild card berth. I I had them losing in the first round. But since it's the Cowboys, I really hope that prediction is wrong. And I'm going to say the Niners are going to win on the road because I'll be in attendance uh, for this Sunday's game against the Cowboys. Um, before we get to the playoff game, sum up, sum up this entire season, Leo. What 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 was this season? A roller coaster. Because you had, you know, you when you hop on a roller coaster, what's the first thing you do? You go up. You go up, typically, before you fall down. And that's what it was for this 49ers team. They went up. They started 2-0. It was really good. Everyone talks about the slow start, but no one mentions the two and zero start anymore. They mentioned three and five, um, so that was the up, the trajectory. You're two and zero, and then boom, here comes the roller coaster flying down for you. You lost what three games in a row at that point? Green Bay, Seattle, Arizona, and now it's just falling, falling real, real down, and. And now you're picking it back up with a few more wins here for the, for the 49ers. It's you, you beat the Jacksonville Jaguars, Minnesota Vikings, Chicago Bears. Um, or I should also mention when you beat the Chicago Bears, you look like you're going, going up again. And yeah. then, boom, Colt McCoy game happens. And then you go up again. Rams. The Rams, Jaguars, Vikings. And then, boom, you go down again. Seattle. Seattle Seahawks shouldn't have lost that game. And now you're going up again with the Cincinnati Bengals in OT. You beat the Atlanta Falcons and then a game you probably should have won in Tennessee. You're going down again. And then now you ended up, you know, the season where you should have in the playoffs, double digit wins. And to me, it was just a complete roller coaster. Um, you could even relate that into roller coaster of emotions. You're looking at your team being two and oh, and now your team's two and four. Yeah two games under and like you don't even know if you're getting in the playoffs uh so they had to go they had to go on this seven and two run in order to make it they finished six and three they fall short of the playoffs unfortunately so great job great job you said it if the Niners didn't win the Seattle game they probably missed the playoffs and we were right luckily luckily some other losses happened in there where Arizona loses the game and the Rams lose another one to where it happened but if if the Niners if the Rams don't win one if the Rams don't lose one and and Arizona doesn't doesn't lose one we're talking talk about a completely different situation you had to win inside your division right you only went you went two and four in the division and you swept the Rams um you said it ran this season was a roller coaster from the draft till now this has been a long as a fan I mean I, I shouldn't speak for all fans but I'm speaking for myself here as a, as a 49ers fan it's been a long roller coaster ride because you didn't know what was going to happen with the court. I mean, we knew that they were going to tra- tra- draft a quarterback, right? We had an idea that they were going to look for a quarterback. 
Um, you had all the rumors in the offseason. You finally get to the draft season. Mac Jones, Trey Lance. Mac Jones, Trey Lance. Or Justin Fields, you know. You get to the season. You got training camp. You got spreadsheets here. You got this guy arguing about this. And who's the better quarterback, blah, blah, blah. Um, then again, the up and the ebbs and flows of the season. And the problem with this season was 49ers fans like you and I, we had higher expectations for this team, right? Granted, I said 10 or 11 wins, but the losses that you took and the way those losses looked were the bigger issue. Like, I don't mind a loss, but don't go out there and lose the way you did to Colt McCoy. Don't lose the way you did to Seattle in Seattle. Don't lose to Seattle at home after five straight three and outs and you're absolutely dominating them. Um, you lose to Tennessee after literally dominating them all the way through and you gave them life because of two poor turnovers. Um, the special teams unit was a question all year. You had injuries at corner. You had to survive that. Josh Norman and his nonsense all season. Um, the, the draft class at one point was a huge question mark. Like, who's playing in this draft class? No Trey Sermon, no Aaron Banks. Your top, Your first three picks did not see the field for... Any substantial time, any any substantial time, Trey Lance got two games. He's one and one, so that's a plus. You got to see the highs and lows of him a little bit there. Um, Diamond Lenore had some flashes, but they benched him in favor of a Josh Norman. Right, Josh Norman gets where he's at. Here comes Ambry Thomas. He's making a push, and he seals the season for the Niners. Like he, the game-winning interception. Then you have Hufanga making huge plays, but he also had some misses. But he was developing. Jalen Moore had to step in. Um, and then of course Elijah Mitchell out of nowhere becomes this nearly thousand yard rusher for the 49ers so there was just so many stories this season um, and this is my third full season covering the team this has been the most draining of a season as possible like 2019 was the first year I started and it was super enjoyable because we all went to Super Bowl 2020 was just miserable and this one was just draining because there's so many angles for this team Um. And shout out to Kyle Shanahan for sticking with it, not buckling to the media pressure, not buckling to the quarterback stuff, not buckling to the fan base, you know, wanting this or wanting that. He's stuck with the plan. He's stuck with his guy, D'Amico Ryans, even though some fans don't like him for some reason. The Niners finished with a top 10 DVOA defensive unit again. 2019, where they were second. 2020, they were sixth in DVOA defensively and then 2021 they finished seventh in DVOA with all the question marks at corner so shout out to uh D'Amico Ryans on the season 49ers for the DVOA on the year uh they finished sixth total offensively they were fifth and defensively they were seventh so the top 10 unit on both sides of the ball they got it done they're in the playoffs 10 and 7 granted like I said could there have been some more wins in there absolutely but they got in and I think they're the most dangerous road team in the playoffs. And I don't think the Dallas Cowboys like this matchup. Yeah, we could look at since week eight. Of course, the Cowboys aren't going to like this matchup strictly in the NFC. 49ers are are the number one team record-wise. 49ers sit at the top since week eight at eight and three. Second would be the Packers with one last game at seven and three. Same thing with the Bucks, seven and three. Eagles, surprisingly, seven and three. Yeah. Uh, Cowboys, seven and four. So they actually have one more loss than the 49ers in that stretch. And Rams at six and four. So one team that you notice not in there at all is the Cardinals. Ooh, how far they've fallen after their start. Um, Cliff Kingsbury, the 49ers, baby. 49ers, best record in the end of. We're talking about since week eight. That's 
that's 11 games ago for the 49ers and 10 games ago for some of these other teams. They've had their number one rush defense. That's a good stretch of football. We're not talking about a month. We're not talking about six weeks. No, we're talking about 11 games for this team. They're battle-tested. They're battle-tested, man. Yeah, absolutely. The Niners have had the best rush defense since the bye on the year. I don't think they've allowed a 100-yard rusher since the bye week um, or since the Colts game, I want to say, since week eight or something like that. Um, So it's just the Niners, they've made their proper adjustments. They've made some really big adjustments. So so 49ers, like I said, their DVOA on defense is um, seventh, right? Rush defense is second in the league. They're only behind New Orleans for rush defense. And New Orleans out of the playoffs, so the Niners have the best rush defense. Now, is Ambry Thomas developing and Emmanuel Mosley completely healthy? I like our chances better with that pass defense with Thomas and Mosley. Now, I'm not a huge Ambry Thomas fan yet, right? Because he's still a rookie, he's still learning. But he has shown progress every every week he's played. Well, let's talk about this. He didn't even practice last week. Mosley? talking about no practice. Oh, yeah. No. Oh, Thomas. Thomas. Yeah. yeah. No practice because he was on the COVID uh, inactive list. And he had to prepare for guys like Odell Beckham Jr., Van Jefferson, Cooper Cup, even Tyler Higbee, because we saw Tyler Higbee got that touchdown on Embry Thomas. He had to prepare for four legit targets. We're not talking about the Texans receiving core. We're not talking about the Jaguars receiving core with Laquan Treadwell, who's a first-round bust. We're not talking about those teams. We're talking about the Rams, who have four legit receiving targets. And Ambry Thomas had to do that on no practice. Yeah, it's it's pretty nuts here. Um, if you take away the 73-yard uh, punt return or fake punt by the Seattle Seahawks, the Niners haven't allowed a 100-yard rusher since the Arizona game. So I was just looking up these numbers here. The highest that anyone's gotten is 90 yards, and that was the Titans. If you can stop the run and make a team be one-dimensional, this is kind of why I like this Niners matchup against the Dallas Cowboys. Ezekiel Elliott has not been really good all season. Tony Pollard is hit and miss. And if you can make Dak become one-dimensional to where he's throwing 40, 50, 40 45 times a game, he's going to give you one or two turnovers. And if the Niners can play keep-away ball the way they do, the way they have all season, when they're not asking Jimmy Garoppolo to throw more than 30 times, you have that's a recipe for success against a team like the Dallas Cowboys. Um, so I do like our chances this week heading into Dallas. Um, just wanted to preview a little bit of this game here because it's the Dallas Cowboys. I asked Fernando um, on my other podcast last night, which which team do you dislike the most? As 49er fans, and I, I and, and for those of you guys who follow the Twitter account, um, let us know what you think. Is it the Dallas Cowboys, the Seattle Seahawks, or the Green Bay Packers? Because if you're a 90s kid like me and Leo, the Cowboys were the team that I hated, and the second team I hated was the Packers because of Brett Favre. And now, since I'm, you know, now in my older age, I'm a little bit more cognizant of what's going on in football, and I understand a little bit better. Seattle was one that really irked me during that that run. But the the Cowboys won two Super Bowls off the backs of the Niners' losses in the NFC Championship game. And then Seattle won the Super Bowl off of the Niners' loss in the NFC Championship game. So they had to go through us to get the titles that they wanted, right? So if I had to order it, I, I to me it's like Dallas, 
Seattle, Packers. Like those are my order of teams that I dislike the most. And Dallas, I specifically, I really, really disliked them. I live in Texas, so I have to see these guys all the time. I walked into work yesterday, or this is, we're recording on a Tuesday morning. I walk into work on Monday morning. The first thing my boss says is, we're going to whoop y'all on Sunday, blah, 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 because he's a Cowboys fan. I go into the finance offices. They're all Cowboys fans. I'm the only Niner fan. They're all talking mess. So for my soul, please, San Francisco, win this game so that way I can walk into work and piss everybody off. <laughs> but uh, where do they rank for you, Leo? Which one irks you the most or which one do you dislike the most? I think for me, number one is always going to be the Cowboys, no matter what. Like, look, they haven't played in the playoffs in 27 years. Twenty. It's been since January of 95. And now we're going to play them January 2022. It's been 27 years, and it's still the Cowboys number one. Always, always. You always feel, when it's Cowboys week, you always feel that little extra, at least for me, that little extra of let's effing go. That's what I feel. And then number two, it's going to be the Seahawks. Recency bias for that, for sure. And they're in the division. You're seeing them twice a year. Um, you're going there. They're coming to Santa Clara. Uh, so it's, for me, it's Seahawks have overlapped the Packers. After that, it would be Packers and then probably Raiders. I still have a little bit of of uh, beat the Raiders. Raiders don't ever get in the playoffs, even though they got in this year, because you know Chargers don't know how to win with Justin Herbert. <laughs> or I guess tie with Justin Herbert as well. Wild. Uh, so it's it's definitely from number one Cowboys. I want, I'm so happy to see them in the playoffs against the Cowboys because I do think they they match they match up well. Now Cowboys offense could go up and put up 40 points a game. You know that's fair, but the last competitive game the Cowboys have two weeks ago against the Arizona Cardinals. Because the game before that, they were playing a weak uh, Washington football team where they have their own defenders hitting each other on the sideline. That's not because Dak Prescott on the offense was causing frustration. No, because the football team has been one of the worst defensive units in the league this year. So they're just a bad team this year. And then you had the Eagles that were playing their practice squad players this past Saturday. So that wasn't a competitive game either. It was the Arizona Cardinals week 17. And what happened in that one? Cowboys were penalties, were shooting themselves in the foot, and they were down 23-7 to in the fourth quarter to the Cardinals. To the Cardinals. twenty a Cardinals who's been a very, very cold team. A very cold team. And the Cowboys were at home and, and still shot themselves in the foot and trailed 23-7 in the fourth quarter. And I brought up penalties because that's something to monitor with the Cowboys. Yeah, Cowboys actually have more penalty yardage on them. They have 1,100 yards Jesus. against them in penalties. 49ers have a, have 1,000, but the Cowboys have more penalty yardage and more penalties overall called. Cowboys have 127 penalties on them this year. The 49ers have... 102 so they have 25 more penalties called on the that that's more than one a game for the cowboys on the 40 and we can look at this 49ers team and penalties has been a problem a bit you know especially in the secondary or holdings or and that's uh, the scary part exactly yes that is the scary part i agree but 
that's something with this. Well, Josh Norman's also not going to be on the field. Thank God. <laughs> so, uh, so I think that helps that that category. But penalties has been something with the 49ers that shot themselves in the foot. And when you look at it, Cowboys have shot themselves in the foot even more. I guess they're trying to be, you know, old Wild West and, and get that gun out quick. And instead, they're shooting themselves. Like, yeah, they're 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 bad penalty team. And when I was rewatching that Cardinals game, because like I said, that was the most relevant competitive game for them that they weren't paying a bunch of scrubs. Yeah, I said it scrubs, whatever. Um they they just could not help themselves win. They couldn't. And this this Cowboys team's got a tough matchup. They got they can't they don't run the ball well. And Tony Tony Pollard is is a has more production or I should say more efficient than Ezekiel Elliott. Yeah. Yet Tony Tony Pollard's not 100% right now. He's just coming back from injury. He's he's not the same Tony Pollard health-wise that we saw last year that busted that 40-yard run to essentially seal the game against the 49ers. And we could look back at last year as well. It's it's for what? Like the game is not even worth watching. It's not the same teams. 49ers had Nick Mullins, Cowboys had Andy Dalton. So the biggest thing on this game um and this is where this is where I think the Niners can win this game. And I think this is how they will win this game. Um, the Dallas Cowboys have allowed 1,918 yards on the season through 18 games. So that's 106 yards per game. While the 49ers are running the ball the way they run the ball, uh, I think the Niners' average on the season for rushing is, let me pull it up here. Um, they're averaging 127 yards rushing. Like the Niners should be able to run against this team. I'm looking at the numbers with Dallas on the season, and this these running totals are through the roof. Since uh, week eight, they've allowed a hundred yard running game um, from everyone except Washington, who had 85 in that uh, week 16 game. But everything else has been over a hundred, several over 140, and this is the recipe for success for the Niners. Feed Elijah Mitchell, feed Debo Samuel, run the ball 35, 40 times a game, and control the clock. This matchup favors the Niners here. On the other side of it, we just talked about penalties. The Niners lead the league in defensive pass interference. And I will st- I would ar- I would argue that the Cowboys have a top five wide receiver group. Right? I'm not gonna say top two or three, but a top five wide receiver group. Amari Cooper is really, really good. CeeDee Lamb was a guy that every 49er fan wanted except for me because um, I wanted Brandon Ayuk. Um, Cedric Wilson's playing really well. So there's that. And then the Niners' pass rush is going to have to overcome this this uh, Cowboys offensive line. I think they can, but I'm just more worried about Dak just throwing it up, right? Challenging these corners and making them to play a game they don't want to play. Now, to me, the biggest key in this game, Tukowski Tart has to play. He did leave the game with a groin injury. If Kwaski is back, I feel way more comfortable with what the 49ers are going to put out there. And I don't know if anyone noticed, once Kwaski went out, Dante Johnson played safety, and Denard played the slot corner, which is really interesting how they did that. And it worked out. So Denard actually showed up pretty well for a guy who came in late in the week with minimal practice and was on the street during the, during the offseason or during the season. So is that the secondary is going to be a big question. I think each team has their deficiencies. The Niners obviously being in the pass game or pass defense and the Niners and the Cowboys being in the rush defense. So 
this is going to be a possession game. Like, you're going to have to control the clock. The Niners are going to have to limit possessions for the Cowboys to win this game. And I think there's a brand of football that the Niners like to play that a lot of teams don't like and they don't want to face, right? We saw the Rams try to try to mimic the Niners' model, and they just couldn't. Ramsey tries to roll over Debo. That didn't work. Niners try, Rams are trying to run the ball against the Niners, even with minimal success, to kind of establish this identity. You're not that, so don't be that. The Cowboys are more of a finesse team right now as well. If the Niners can come out and punch them in the face with the run game, I think the Niners are going to be set up for success. So you said time of possession for this game. Yeah. Correct? Yep. And when you control the time of possession, you are picking up more first downs, correct? Yeah, absolutely. Okay. So sorry for the are you smarter than the fifth grade questions, but I was asking those for this reason. When looking at the Cowboys since week eight, when they've allowed more than 20 first downs, they are one in four. The Cowboys? The Cowboys. Hmm. When they have allowed more than 20 first downs, they are one in four since week eight. And why why does that seem important? Well, it seems important because for the 49ers, you want to pick up more than 20 first downs because you want to control the clock. You want to put the game in your favor. You want to keep their number one scoring offense on the sideline as long as possible. So you want to have these 11, 12 play drives um, where you're picking up these first downs. And the only one that they've won while giving up those, those first downs was the Eagles. Eagles second unit. Eagles B team. Eagles practice squad. So when they're playing against starters, they're 0-4 when giving up 20 first downs. Um, so that's something I'm going to keep an eye on for the 49ers because when you look at the 49ers team, there's the majority of their games, they're picking up first downs. Uh, excuse me. They're picking up more than 20 first downs. The only games they didn't, a loss to Arizona Cardinals week five, a loss to the Colts week seven, a loss to the Seattle Seahawks week 13 and a win the Houston Texans. So when you look at the other side of the pillow, the 49ers, they don't do so well in the win column when they don't pick up 21st down. Yeah. So to me, that's the number. This team's got to pick up 21st downs. If they do odds are they're going to win the game (laughs) when you're looking at it, that at that standpoint, Obviously, you know, the odds aren't set in stone or else the Rams would have won on Sunday since they did have a 99.99 uh, winning <laughs> percentage uh, chance at after they made that a 24 to 17 game. But that's just if that's something to keep an eye on during this game. Where are the first down numbers? How close are they to 20? It, you know, in the, in the third quarter, are they getting to that number? Um if they are able to pick up those 21st downs, I'm going to say the 49ers win this game. Yeah, and then also the Niners need to limit turnovers. This this yesterday on Sunday was the first time the Niners survived two interceptions from Jimmy Garoppolo and won a game on the season. So you got to limit the turnovers with Jimmy. You got to limit turnovers, period. Like the Niners have been pretty good with not fumbling the ball. Cowboys are the number one team in creating turnovers. Trayvon Diggs exists, so that's going to be a tough challenge. Um, I don't want the ball in Jimmy Garoppolo's hands to too much, um, and that's not to be 
whatever. I, I just don't. I'd rather just run the ball and keep this a 25-attempt game for Jimmy. Anything more than that, you start to uh, get a little shaky in the pass game, especially with a thumb that's limited. Now, he did make some really clutch throws. I give him that. But at the same time, this is the playoffs time. Kyle, you've done it before. You can take the ball out of his hands, and no one really cares. You're going to just go ahead and try to run the ball here. And I think this is going to line up like the Vikings game. I think the Niners can do that to this Cowboys team on defense. A um, couple, uh, couple housekeeping things with the Niners. Um, Debo Samuel likely – Debo Samuel is going to be – paid this offseason. Debo Samuel is should be in the running for offensive player of the year. Uh Nick Nick Bosa had himself you know, these guys just the guys on the your A players stepped up, right? Um Brandon Ayuk finished the season strong after all the stuff at the beginning of the year. Debo Samuel had over thirteen hundred yards receiving. George Kittle nearly cracked a thousand. You have nearly a thousand on Elijah Mitchell. So with all the stuff that happened throughout the season, your A players showed up. And you got contributions from any everyone and anyone on this team. So this is a really solid roster and a coaching staff gets a lot. They deserve a lot of credit for this season. As much as critical as we were early on in the year about them, they got it done. They turned it around. Like you said, they went eight and three to finish the season. Remarkable. Remarkable is how they finished is, is the word I would use. Absolutely. And if you want to consider Jimmy Garoppolo starts seven and two in that span, when Jimmy Garoppolo starts. So, um, that's just something to, you know, think about. It's this team, whatever it is, QB wins. I don't take it as a stat because it's ultimately a team sport. Depends what defenses do for the, for the quarterbacks. Look at, you know, Justin Herbert out there. I don't, I don't think his, his basically over two spin on making the playoffs in his career is, uh, an indictment on his quarterback play, but for, it's a real thing that this team plays a a whole lot better when Jimmy Garoppolo's under center. And uh, if that could carry over into Sunday, that would be fantastic. I'm definitely looking forward to this game. We could talk, we could talk about Dak Prescott versus Jimmy Garoppolo, but ultimately they're not playing head to head versus each other. What they can do is, you know, they could be trying to match each other, but that's a, a match I would like to avoid and just have the 49ers get on the Cowboys early and don't let them come back in this game. Yeah. Yeah, no, I hear you. Um, so real quick, uh, Debo Samuel, 77 receptions, 1,405 yards receiving. George Kittle, 71 receptions, 910 yards receiving. Brandon Ayuk came on strong, 56 receptions, 826 on the season. Um, so that if that's your core going forward as pass catchers, the Niners are in good hands. Um, on the rushing side. I'll say, I'll say this really quick about yeah. Brandon Ayuk. If he doesn't have the game that he did against the Rams, especially the routes over the middle, yep. putting up 107 yards, I don't think that busted coverage happens against Juwan Jennings. That yeah. busted coverage happens because they're so focused on Brandon Ayuk going over the middle, considering he put up 107 yards that game. So kudos to Brandon Ayuk. Sometimes, you know, similar to basketball, it's it's about what you do when the ball's not in your hands. It's my guy. I love Ayuk. Um, Elijah Mitchell, 207 carries, 963 yards, rushing, five touchdowns. Debo Samuel, second-leading rusher on the team, 59 attempts, 365, and eight touchdowns. 
So Debo had eight rushing touchdowns, six receiving touchdowns, and oh, he can throw. So he threw a touchdown pass. The offensive weapon, Debo Samuel, who, you know, like I said, he should be an offensive player of the year candidate. Um, what can you say? The, the team, they, they pulled it together, man. They did what they needed to do. They got in the playoffs. They're 10 and 7. They're going to Dallas. I'll be in Dallas. Let's get this win on Sunday. Before we get out of here, um, any predictions on the game? Whew, man. <clears throat> I'm going to say 49ers win this one. I'm going to go with a final score of 31. 31- 27. 31-27 from you. I had the Niners winning 34-28 against the Dallas Cowboys on Sunday. Hopefully we are both right and we are here Monday or Tuesday following up on a potential um, division round game against maybe the Packers. Most likely the Packers, so that means the game before the 49ers. I am cheering hard for the Philadelphia (laughs) Eagles because if the Philadelphia Eagles are able to knock off the Tampa Bay Buccaneers somehow... That means the Eagles are penciled in to travel against Lambeau. And the 49ers, if they win, they would be penciled in to play the winner of the Rams-Cardinals game. So let's go Philly. Let's go Niners. (laughs) Yeah, let's go Philly. Let's go Niners. Um, Actually, I'm kind of more like, let's go Tampa. And I think the Niners have a better shot at beating Green Bay in Green Bay than beating the Rams three times in a row. But that's just me. (sighs) Three times in one season is tough. Would it? Wouldn't that be just like so terrible to just beat the Rams six times straight? The the win you had that you did in Week 18, just to lose to them in the hell no. Maybe you know what? You sold me. You must you must sell cars or something. Yeah, I do. Yeah. Um, because now I'm sold on on going to Lambo because it's a real thing. It's a real thing, and sometimes you just don't want that in your mind, especially if you're a player or coach. Um. Although I'm, I'm sure that they'll be way more prepared than I ever could Absolutely. be. Real quick, I would like to to say this about the Rams game. When they have the third and seven, and they decided to hand it off and punt it, and give the ball back to the 49ers at the end of the game, uh-huh. less than two minutes to go. I was I was super negged out, and I was like, third and seven. Here comes a Cooper Cup slant. We haven't stopped him all day. Yeah. Cooper Cup's gonna picked up the first down, and and game's a wrap. Next, you know, I saw the handoff, and I was like. Let's go, baby. Let's go. We're in this game. Yeah. Thank you, Sean McVay, for handing this ball off. Yeah, thank you, Sean McVay, for not being as good as Kyle Shanahan. I appreciate you. Um, but uh, we'll be back, hopefully, after another Niner win. Uh, it is playoff time now. Uh, everyone, if you are headed to Dallas, be safe. It is a really, really unique venue. I will be in Section 228. If you want to come by, say hi, grab a beer, do whatever you guys want to do. Um, and I will be surrounded by Cowboys fans because my buddy bought the tickets, so... That's going to be fun. Um, but until next week, everyone stay safe. Enjoy the weekend. Enjoy the games. Uh, as always, make sure you're following everything at NinersNation.com and always at NinersNation on uh, Twitter. Follow me on Twitter at JavierVague underscore. Follow my guy, Leo, here at LeoLuna93. All right. Let's go, let's go Niners. Everyone, uh, make sure if you're going to Dallas, make sure you're wearing red because they're going to be in all white. So make sure that red pops in that in Jerry's world, which I think they know we're going to come out there deep. But until next week, everyone stay safe. Peace.